Hello and welcome back to the Handstand Cast with me, Emmett Lewis, my glorious origami-surrounded co-host, Mikhail Christiansen. How are things going, Mikhail? Oh yeah, you can actually see my origami. It's nice. I know it's pretty. It's pretty cool. He's a. Uh, you need like more shelves and like some. Air- I need more shelves. Like yeah. fucking hell! Like I have the the large ass uh, King Ghidorah dragon. It's just been lying on the table right behind. I can't turn the computer because I'm gonna make a lot of noise. But it's yeah. lying on the table behind the computer here because I don't have a shelf that's big enough for him. You so. need to like get like basically like a Game of Thrones like. You know, throne made out of ten thousand swords, blah blah blah. But like, <laughs> throne made out of ten thousand origami models. Yeah, it yeah, could be like the next level of that. What's that thing in origami? We have to make ten thousand cranes. Ah, uh, it's a thousand cranes. A I thousand? have a thousand cranes lying right there. I thought um, you had a thousand floppy words, not a thousand cranes. Oh, shut the fuck up! <laughs> <laughs> I will. The next time I see you, I will. I will put super glue on your entire gamer chair before you sit down, <laughs> and I shall laugh at you. It As would literally change nothing in my life. Yeah, <laughs> fucking word. <coughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah. How you ask how it's going? Um, yeah, it's um, definitely not terrible. Where have I been? Yeah, I was teaching my first uh, in-person workshop. Fucking hell! I forgot to click record. That's <laughs> <laughs> okay. I've got it. It's fine. Uh, should we just keep going? Yeah, yeah. I only really. Yeah, okay. Fuck oh, I, I now I'm recording. Great. So usually we say recording before we start a podcast, but now yeah, things happen. Um, it's cool. We're yes. like a smart podcast. We've got like four different backups on our recordings because <laughs> everything goes wrong. Yep. Anyway, insight into handstand factory technology. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I was, I was teaching a workshop in Sweden in a place called Halmstad, which is. Um, uh, a gym there and run by a guy named Tim. Uh, pretty nice gym. Um, really good crowd. Fucking hell, it was a really cool like, guy there. He was also at my last workshop at that, at that gym. Busses, or like that's that, at least, I'm not sure if that is his, his actual first name, but that's what they call him. And Busses, he's fucking 70 years old. And the man is a truck. Yeah. It's, it's nuts. Like, the guy is like, I mean, he's proper old guy and like i mean he's he he's insanely strong i i don't know if he can do it now but tim told me that like uh, as he was preparing to learn to handstand he was able to do a 3 minute chest to wall handstand like he can pull out like tuck slides for ages like his stomach to wall like can just he can just stay and stay and stay and stay and stay um and he's still like he's struggling with the balance but like it's it's slowly coming so like he was much better now than like one and a half years ago when i was there last time and um, so he was able to balance for some seconds with a little bit of spot and stuff but the coolest thing is like is is the is the passion like the commitment the guy has to wanting to do it is incredible because <laughs> he's like he he'll even get furious when it doesn't work it's amazing to see <laughs> this like really old guy and he's just like he doesn't swear that much but he's just like well fuck uh, I was expecting that one to go a lot better, and I, was, I didn't feel that. Oh, like he kind of go, he kind of goes there. It's it's great to see like someone at that age just having the commitment. He just he just want to be able to get up himself and stay there. And he have will, you like, subtly suggested that he should uh, get testosterone replacement? <laughs> uh, I haven't. Uh, <laughs> he seems to. I think he has more tests than like the average forty year old uh, that doesn't work out. Because holy fuck, that guy is strong. Nice. Awesome, see. 
I think there's a life lesson there. It's like when you look at cultures where like aging isn't as defined as it is in the West, and you're not meant to be dignified and old age. You can be a bit of degenerate. People yeah. can still be in shape. Yeah, he's he's like super strong. It was it was really cool. And other than that, here I am sitting in my couch, uh, like previous to the podcast, sitting here having a conversation with Emmett. Like, what the fuck are we going to talk about today? Yeah, and um. Uh, it has so come, so come to pass that we are just talking about things today. Um, yeah, we decided to have mind. a ramble cast. We haven't caught up in a while. We, as you probably noticed, we didn't get a podcast together last week because of clashing schedules, Mikhail teaching, and I don't know. I'm blaming my dog. Fuck Albus. He done something. Speaking of Albus, here's my side of the ramble. He's decided, like, so remember he came over and he ate your power cable for your laptop? Yes. He's now decided that he just wants to kill himself via electrocution. So (laughs) (laughs) any sort of power cable he can get is just like, he just wants to eat it. But he's at the, he's at the stage where like, it just takes one bite to get through a cable. Mm. So, so far, like I've been kind of training him to be a bit more like we had him in the kind of his dog room, the kitchen and stuff like that, which was fine. I've been working on just like, Letting them have a bit more freedom around the house to uh, self-actualize and all these kind of things when you project having kids but actually onto a dog. Uh, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and just so he can chill out. Like he, he likes chilling out in my office and comes and sits on my desk. So far this week, he has trashed my armored USB cable. Not just my normal USB cable, but the armored one that's meant to be strong. Mm-hmm. He has trashed my speaker cable, so my speaker is now home. I have to fucking weld the new cable together and he's made a serious attempt at like chewing through you know uh you know those cables you have for like computers and stuff like that what also has like the shielding on the outside he's making a serious attempt at eating that as well so either he's gonna like destroy my new computer or kill himself and like i've resorted to like rubbing it with habanero sauce and everything and that isn't really slowing him down. It stops <laughs> him for a few hours. It's it, it's it's like when you when you put like when I, when I was at Emmett's place, he he took this like um, there is this like a dog repellent kind of thing that you you put it on surfaces <laughs> where they lick and chew and stuff, and the dog just goes over and just just licks the thing fucking off the chair. Yeah, and I was like, what kind of fiend are you? <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah, he's a. Uh handful he's getting in this weird thing where like when he's bad he's terrible when he's good he's amazing there's no like middle zone now which is uh yeah if anyone's a dog trainer out there and wants to give me some help please help other than that uh <laughs> other than that i will train your dog to do handstands uh yeah so that's what i've been doing this week is just getting wrecked by albus and mm-hmm. playing with albus also writing the manuals actually i want to pimp my stuff so Kickstarter, for those of you who listen we or know the other stuff we do, so the Modern Medicine Mobility Kickstarter, we just crossed 300% today. Uh, just a shout out to everyone who supported that. Thank you so much. I really appreciate your show of support, and I look forward to bending you all. So Glorious. yeah, all I've been doing the rest of the week has just been kind of mixing between dictaphone and keyboard typing to the point where my fingers are sore and it's kind of swollen. And that sounds sounds pretty good. And speaking of of modern methods of mobility, for those of you who have Instagram and that follow them, make sure when they post a story to look at what it says because it only says "modern meth" <laughs> up in the little picture up there. Um, and um, yeah, the modern meth mob is going to going to take uh, take over. I know. 
I'm looking forward to. I've like seriously been debating just like because I have so much writing ahead of me now with all these courses, mm. of just taking like I don't know in the history of mathematics. There's Paul Erdos, who is a famous mathematician, and he used to just take copious amounts of amphetamine and do maths. <laughs> and you know, I used to do maths in university. I've done my time in the academy, and I'm kind of debating like how like can I channel a bit of that Erdos into writing these courses by just like. Like, how much methamphetamine can you do without seeing shadow people? That's like, <laughs> I can't find the, I can't find the answer to this online. But if I could find it copiously, I'd be uh, maybe taking some just to get these courses done a bit faster. I'm searching it on Google now. <laughs> how much methamphetamine? Wait, no, let's search methamphetamine uh, shadow <laughs> people. Let's see what we get. Uh, shadow people, a counter visual of those who images of people who use meth. Yes, <laughs> it seems to be a thing. Uh, great. Yeah, seeing the shadow um, people is a thing of that. Um, yeah. Oh, oh shit! This is a okay. This is a fucking. This is a research article. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A counter, a counter visual for those who use meth. All right, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, it's one of the most common here. things. Have you never seen the shadow people? Uh, we used to see no, like. I have, I, we used to have like shadow people when we lived in Berlin. We lived on uh, basically on the site where the old wall dividing Berlin was near Mauer Park. For those familiar with it, we used to have shadow people in the apartment all the time. And I wasn't taking meth. I'm going to lay it on the record right now. I was not taking meth when I lived in Berlin. Not that was only a couple of years ago. But yeah, you'd have shadow people, just random shadows walking around your house. That sounds. Sounds interesting. I'll try to stay away from both meth and shadow people. Yeah. Um, Never really done anything harm, but it was just like, it was like literally there, and people, other people, other apartments would see them as well. It was just like, ah, shadow <laughs> people in Berlin. There you go. Sketchy. Yeah. Um, I feel ripped off. Yeah, I, I, ha- I had something I was supposed to say, but it uh, it, it went out the window with, uh, yes, methamphetamine and shadow people and stuff. I did see, I did read something here, some random shit or. I didn't read anything actually. I read a YouTube title that said something about that thirty-five percent of students are on amphetamine. Um, I guess they refer to what's it called, Adderall and stuff. Like Adderall, that. yeah, and, legalized speed. Yeah, it's pretty pretty easy to get your hands on in um, in the states, at least I I've heard. I think it's I, like I it's. Was, I was co- coaching a guy once, like asking him, I was like, yeah, so how's your training going? Like, yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. You know, some some days are good, some days are bad, and then I was like, yeah, so. Yeah, sometimes I just pop one of my wife's Adderall so if I need an extra energy boost. I'm like, oh, right. I guess that's a thing you can do. Yeah. Uh, uh, by the way, I'm not condoning um, the use of amphetamines to get through a training session, just so you know. He's not uncondoning <laughs> it, though. Uh, I mean, uh, it's, like, it's just one of those things. Seven. Yeah, you do you. If you want to take amphetamine before training sessions, do it. We're not going <laughs> to, we don't recommend that you do it, but you know, live your You're life. not going to judge. Yeah. I want to hear the stories. Speaking of the Paul Erdos and Matt's, Matt's and unmet thing, when I was in university for maths, uh, I was doing maths and theoretical physics, one of the guys on the course actually got inspired by that idea and decided to start taking amphetamine to study for his end-of-year exams. And he was going insane. like He was studying 16, 18 hours a day. I was like, I can just study 18 hours a day. Look at my notes. And he had, was showing us like 
binders of notes, like more notes for every course. Like he's basically copying out textbooks by hand, I think. Mm-hmm. And then, and anyone who has a maths textbook knows they're pretty dense. And then it came to his exams, and he got like 10% on everything. He just like failed everything. <laughs> like literally no retention. And then he was very upset because it worked for Paul Erdos. Yeah, God damn it. Yeah, I, when I was a student, I, w- I would just run the good old just don't study <laughs> technique. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, was, I was just at training breaking all the time. Um, I actually did like, I I was kind of a very average student in terms of my um, my results when I was doing anthropology. Um, so I read the things and I I guess I have like a good good general understanding of like the the primary principles of of the academic discipline, which is I think what you need. Yeah. To, and the rest is kind of fluff. So I had that understanding uh, to a degree, which made me kind of. Uh, able to just like slide through the system without any like larger uh, uh, hiccups. Yeah. Even, even though like I, I, I would, I remember that one, one of the exams that I, I wrote like a kind of a home written exam where um, like I thought I had two days to, to no wait, I thought I had a week to write it and then I check online casually. And, yeah. I'm just going to check like, yeah, was it, it's Friday next week or Thursday next week. It's going to be delivered. I'm like, Oh shit. It's tomorrow. Fucking <laughs> I, I thought it was like it was you we were going to get the assignment tomorrow, but it had to be in by tomorrow. And I checked the the three various assignments we could do. And like two of them were just took out of the question because um those were not things that I had paid enough attention to. And the third, I didn't own the book. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I was I was sitting there with like the the weight of the world on my shoulders for about like 10 minutes until I was like, oh well. Fuck this! I just ran down. I bought the book. I read all of the kind of the relevant parts of it, and then I smashed together a a paper on like ten pages in in some hours over the night. I didn't proofread it. I didn't nothing. I just handed it in and got a B. So um, yeah, I think that that is probably my proudest achievement, proudest um, academic achievement. Of course, this was just on scrub bachelor level, but level, but still, still pretty good. Still pretty good. I think it's kind of one of those things. Like when you're in university, it's like basically if you attend the lectures and the tutorials, and you obviously you qualified for the course as well, you are average. Now the risk is if you try to study too hard and work too hard, you have a risk of like there can be this point of no return where you've actually learned too much nonsense. And that takes away from your academic stuff. So you actually get below average, even though you know more. And then there is just like, okay, you've managed to channel your effort in the right direction. You know more, but you actually know more. Yeah. Yeah. But there's definitely, I, I think, I think in general, I, I guess it's like even Simon Ray. Now we're talking about handstands and the, um, um, like same kind of thing with, with learning, any physical discipline like is that like if you get too absorbed in the details like that fucker who literally sits and print like basically hand writes a textbook and think that you need to have the information in the way or like you basically need to remember the information as it was presented and that is it and the more word for word that is the better i think that's kind of the the like it, it it maybe works for some but um 
but I, I think for me, like understanding uh, the generalized principles and applying them uh, over yeah. time is obviously, or at least to me, what leads to greater understanding because you 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 understand the framework and then you you start seeing where the details fit in into that. And maybe more importantly, you start seeing which ones are relevant and which ones aren't to you, which we then like get into maybe much more interesting part really particularly in 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 disciplines that are subjective Uh, because i mean doing this in physics you need to be a pretty serious physicist to be able to do but for like (laughs) teaching someone handstands then you might be like oh yeah you know but that that cue that i got from that teacher for all these years now didn't actually work for me so maybe thinking a bit like more like this and then you start thinking yourself and using your own experience for the frame of reference and yeah, yeah i think that that that's much more kind of um contributing in at least many many ways but then again if you're trying to do that in physics like my friend did when he had been like smoking weed and then he shows me a paper like yeah you know i got a new theory on electron spin and i'm like you don't know what electron spin is motherfucker (laughs) and he's like yeah but look at this and 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 like the conversation trailed off because he didn't know what the fuck he was writing there because he has been sitting up like getting stoned all night yeah it's always (laughs) one of these things just like Stoners and physics, they tend not to mix too well. No. Well, I think they do at a certain point when they've, like, actually done the physics thing. But the problem is, like, not that I know many stoners myself or didn't during high school. It's like, it's generally like, oh, I've heard Stephen Hawking's talk. Clearly I'm smarter than a machine. Yeah. Which is always what I wonder about Stephen Hawking. It's like, was he the first legitimate AI? (laughs) Yeah, maybe he was the... Like maybe he's still there. Maybe just plug it into the matrix and zoom, zoom. Yeah. Oh my god, that'd be a good turn for matrix. Speaking of which, I'm looking forward to new matrix coming out. Yeah, it wasn't like the the the, the what's it called? The trailer looked kind of interesting. So yeah, uh, depends how. Like it, it can go both ways. It can go ridiculously bad uh, because I mean in in like. I, th- I think in general with these kind of like when you pick up old intellectual property and you decide to beat the dead horse to to basically make it puke up more dollars yeah. uh, because that's what it ultimately is. That That's usually what these kind of projects come from. Uh, the money printer um, goes burr. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, th- then the question becomes like, okay, so so what are, are there, <clears throat> is there like an actual interesting idea behind it uh, or Perhaps did they develop an interesting idea through the process, or is it just like, okay, yeah, we are making a new Matrix movie because now all the scrubs that watched Matrix and thought it was cool in 1999, now they're nostalgic. So let's hit the nostalgia button for dollars. So, oh my God, there's like this triple layer of nostalgia going on. Because if you look at, say, like, there's generally a nostalgia kick, like fashion goes in 20 year cycles, mm. where it's like, oh, you know, 90s is coming back in because it's like, oh, late 90s, that kind of thing. It's like, oh, look back, you know, 20 years ago, people are like this. Oh, no, it's 20, 2001, but that kind of millennials or Zoomers, whatever they're calling themselves. Maybe I'm a Zoomer. I'm a Zoomer in heart anyway, but uh, they're looking at like 90s fashion and it's inspirational. I had the same thing when I lived in London, like 80s was in, like 80s and vintage and 70s were like the thing. Well, 90s is coming back and you can see this in like fashion trends. But now they're like hitting this double whammy of it where they're trying to get like not just like the kids because like there's always this kind of rationale between these kind of nostalgia trips. It's like, oh, people who are children around this time, they've seen all the cool kids and the cool adults. 
wearing these styles and they couldn't do it because they weren't kids, so they get to now go back and like do it their own way. Yeah, I couldn't mm. get behind that. But now it's like, because, you know, oh, the people who were like in their teens when The Matrix came out are now getting like this double nostalgia hit. So not only were you replicating like 80s fashion at that time, you were also just like, oh no, you've been like brought back around into the fold of The Matrix. And then they're going to do it again in 20 years' time. They'll come back as, like, the return to the Matrix, where, like, Neo is actually going to be the architect. Because he's going to be like, <laughs> finally, Keanu Reeves will have aged a little bit, and he'll have a grey beard, and be like, hello, Neo, we've done this many times before. How do I know? Because yeah, I, I that, just that, told you that. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if that... Like, I mean, like what frustrates me with kind of nostalgia wank is is basically, like, I feel it inhibits, like coming up with new ideas sometimes yeah. i was actually thinking about this when i was walking to the circus hall today i was thinking about like because i've been playing this video game called hollow knight lately yeah. um and if if anyone out there are in, like uh, into like 2d old school platformer games like i highly recommend hollow knight it's hard as nails and it just kills your ass uh but to me when i was just thinking about the <clears throat> the concept of the game and like the presentation uh, of it 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 was just like it kind of like struck me like how how interesting in terms of an original idea because like let's say fucking Star Wars let's just like take this say same dead horse some laser swords and some some space wizards and like okay we put them here instead and then we put them into this t- topic and then yeah like because we are bored and we have nothing else to do let's just bring back Emperor Palpatine from the first movie because we need a bad guy he'll do and that'll be it. While Hollow Knight is just like, oh, well, yeah, what can we do? We take like a king, like a everyone are bugs and there is a bug kingdom. And then you make it into this like super dark uh, atmospheric uh, world a la kind of Mordor of Lord of the Rings. But a bunch of cute bugs live there. And then they, they kind of uh, there is kind of like a really deep lore and history to it. And you're just like, hey, uh, yeah buggy kingdom this is awesome like yeah. just come up with something fucking new don't leave me laser swords and fucking marvel and like oh yeah now half the universe is dead because thanos snapped his fingers in a fucking marvel movie let's take 18 more just like rage what I'll about yeah space lizards battling mummies no, 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 uh, no. on mars space something. lobsters and they've got laser claws yeah and we're they're already, fighting we're against we're the space talking. crabs but they, they knew how to do this shit in the 80s, like Thundercats and fucking all that garbage. It's just like, okay, well, it, it was all garbage also because they just take, took an animal. Let's They took Ninja Turtles and <laughs> then they took Thundercats and then they took Street Sharks and they took Biker Mice from Mars. <laughs> <laughs> take a fucking animal, mutate it, give it some shit and <laughs> send it off to the fucking ch- kids can buy them. I have them. I had fucking biker mice from Mars. One of them was named Mondo, and he has had, had an eye patch. I remember. We also had street sharks, but that, that I think was mainly my brother. <laughs> yeah, they kind of had a weird thing over here where the TV channels like wouldn't. They got moralistic at some point and would refuse to play cartoons that were basically made to sell toys. So mm. we ended up like, yeah, I think Teenage Mutant Turtles were like no close as you got to that. They even shut down Transformers and everything. It was terrible. You know, yeah, Transformers, like, oh, the oh, oh, animated oh. movie, is like the most moving movie ever made. 
Is that the one where Optimus Prime dies? Yeah, Optimus Prime dies. And then Rodimus Prime comes to Stan Bush, you've got the touch. It's like when he unleashes <laughs> his power by opening the Allspark and yeah. able to defeat Unicron. Oh my God. Like, it's the most powerful scene in any movie ever. And Orson Welles was Unicron. Was he? Yeah. Aww. And like apparently he was just a mess during the whole filming and they just kind of like, all his lines are absolutely terrible, but he just kind of sounds like he's hammered. <laughs> so I think he's hammered and sick, really sick. It was his last movie he was doing. No shit. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, uh, like, who, who, like um, <clears throat> that old classic uh, Plan 9 from Outer Space, like very often known as the worst movie they ever, ever made by uh, Ed Wood. And the movie Ed Wood is actually like where Johnny Depp plays is actually about the making of that movie. <laughs> and the contrary to popular be- belief, it's not the worst. I've been to the edge and I've seen what's there. Um, I think I have a movie for you that is actually possibly one of the worst movies that you have never watched or heard about. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the name for it is incredibly racist, so I can't say it because we'll get the plan, we'll get the podcast cancelled. But it's mm-hmm. not actually a racist movie; it's just a name that has a racist connotation because it's a bit of a. Mm-hmm. I actually uh, think I know which movie you mean. I think I've seen it. Um, I don't yeah, think you've seen this one. I, 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 I Did it contain I, I, explicit male on male pornography as just kind of a random plot point? No, then you not didn't at all. see it. <laughs> okay, then I definitely didn't see it. Jesus Christ, what is this? Um, but yeah, um, yeah. What, what we're talking about? Yeah, I want to. I want to rant more about fucking nostalgia because uh, it's. I I find it interesting, and like you say, it goes in those those waves of like twenty to thirty years of um, kind of. Yes, we all like it, it. Like we all are young and fresh, and then we think that that oh yeah, the way that we see the world that is that is the future. That's how everything is going to be. And then you turn yeah. turn thirty seven, and you're like, fuck yeah, the kids are weird, and they do other things. And then suddenly, you're that adult that you thought was stupid when you were fifteen. Uh, and then you you long for all that crap that you you watched when you were a kid, and like music and all that crap. And like, what annoys me is the is like the fucking AI complex of uh, the clockwork money machine basically knows that, oh yeah, ding, ding, now it's time for these songs. And like, I noticed it on some sort of playlist. I can't They literally have it charted out in fashion in terms mm-hmm. of thing. Like if, you know, it's one of my hobbies is fashion, just observing trends and looking at these things. And it is like, it's literally planned because you'll see all the, the fashion houses, the big houses that kind of dictate all our styles and kind of get trickled down. Suddenly, like, oh, conveniently in autumn, winter, you know, blah, blah, blah. Oh, lapel, big. All of them have come out with, like, jackets with wide lapels. Though last couple of trends, it's been, like, narrow lapels. How did they all manage to do that? How come one of them isn't a breakaway and decided to book the trend? It's always just like, oh, wait, this is in. Oh, pants are getting white. Like, look at the pants are getting white again. Baggy pants are back in. If you're wearing your skinny jeans still next year, you have been like, you're out of fashion. I'm sorry. Boot cut jeans and square toed shoes are back in. Anyone who held out long enough, you are now the champion. Yep. But it's like in 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 music, I noticed that like they are taking like those late hit late nineties hits. Like you remember that song, I'm Blue. And yeah. Fucking, yeah. Shit like that. And like, they don't even do much with the song. Like, 
Yeah. And and I've I've been thinking about it twofold. Like in one way, like the hits that were 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 catchy back then. If you use the same kind of scheme of the song, it's going to be catchy now, more or less. Yeah. Like you you'll have the demographic that listen to that because oh hey that's what was fun when I was young. And then you have everyone that has never heard of the song that just listened to it because it's like they they perhaps change a little bit of kind of the sound so it sounds more more now. Yeah. And then you just you just basically release the same song. And I've heard like so many uh, songs like lately that have, they, that have been doing that, and like late '90s kind of, um, or like mid to late '90s kind of thing. Yeah. And of course, like in in music, like things have always been remixing and changing up. I mean, basically all of hip hop was basically created off of the back of of funk and soul, where they started changing things up. But at you least could they say were actually hip hop is Kaizo funk. Kaizo funk, yeah, <laughs> you could say so, <laughs> but. I mean, at least at least they were super creative with it, and like cre- like basically creating an entirely new style of music. Yeah, like coming from the kind of Afro American roots of 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 the funk, and then they they flip it and take like because that I mean all of hip hop is always about that. You take something, you flip it, and you create something new with it. Uh, that kind of is stands apart from the pieces it was built from, and that that was done super cool. So when um, when all of the sampling and all of that kind of creates new styles, I think it, it's yeah. really interesting. But yeah, w- with the money machine and all that, it 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 just basically, uh, yeah, it it anticipates and knows what can be can be used for like uh, like creating a lot of money, and it just like it 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 all gives me that just. This is your mistake. Back of my, You're listening hmm? to things that are kind of like popular. You need to take the no, concept metal pill. I don't. I pill. hear them at the gym, and I want to stab yeah, myself. That's the problem. Um, you just go into gyms. Gyms naturally have terrible music. Do you know why? Because yeah. they don't want no. people to hang out there. They want them to get out as fast as possible. <laughs> it's actually a very good strat. Yeah. All you need is the them for that. pirate metal pill. Just listen to metal based around being pirates. It's like sea shanties, but metal. What more do you want? <laughs> I've got a few of them on Clone Hero at the moment, actually, and they are great fun. Yeah, speaking of clone hero, I was watching someone like absolutely mega nuke that uh, like some of the hardest songs that have ever been made on it, like songs that were made for clone hero to yeah. be hard. And if you don't know what clone hero is, it's basically guitar hero, but custom, so you can make your own shit in it. And there's like thousands of neckbeards sitting around blasting plastic guitars, plink plink, and being like better at guitar hero than like nine nine normal people can be at anything in an entire uh, entire lifetime put together yeah it's pretty intense pretty thing i made the mistake of downloading battlefield division from doom mm-hmm. yeah so do you know the doom yeah, music yeah. the doom soundtrack battlefield division it's one of the oh, yeah. crazier tracks of well-known ones <clears throat> i downloaded a thing oh yeah this will be fine and like i don't really practice a lot i just play and i'm you know i think i'm pretty good at the game i'm not amazing but i'm pretty good and this one, like, I don't even know what the fuck is going on. To give it, like, an idea, like, I can 90% through the fire and the flames mm. on things. So, like, you know, people who can go that, I've come close to FCing it back when I used to play a lot 10 years ago. So I was like, okay, full combo, bitches. So, you know, that gives you an idea of how good I am. I'm an expert as well. So that's like, you know, it gives you an idea. I was like, okay, cool, I can do it. And this one, I'm just looking at it going, like, Literally, the chart is about to give me an like I don't know a stroke or epilepsy or something is coming so fast, and there's people who play it. Yeah, you you always find. I mean, 
It's like those people who are beating Dark Souls with all those different controllers. I, I'm still in love with those fuckers who, <clears throat> like the guy who beat it with bananas. I think that is <laughs> absolutely awesome. He plugged in a bunch of electrodes in bananas, so when he would touch a banana, like it would count as the input of a button. And then he just beat the shit out of Dark Souls. And Dark Souls is kind of known for being a pretty hard game. It's not the hardest game out there, but it's going to trash you for like the most amount of hours that you play it. So playing with it, and just the creativeness, like I am going to take some bananas and then I'm going to play Dark Souls. I just, I just, I, I just have to like, to, to commend that. Yeah, it's definitely uh, like. Pretty serious. What were you thinking? Like, why not apples? Why bananas? <laughs> I, I guess there's something in kind of the squishiness of bananas that somehow is able to make an input yeah, easy. But yeah, it's, it's a, it's a very, um, very interesting uh, <clears throat> Here's an idea for a video game controller. Someone is welcome to steal this idea, and if they want to make it, we'll do the Kickstarter because we're kind of good at them at this stage. It's basically a, you know that Terry Crews video where he has electrodes and a drum kit? No, I haven't seen it's, that. It's on YouTube where they're kind of like, I think, I think the joke is like that they're, someone's hitting buttons and it electrocutes his muscles and that makes it twitch and then he hits a sound or... Something oh, like that. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. So it's the same idea, but it's an isometric trainer where you have to like flex your muscles to get like so you kind of put electrodes all on the body, or maybe a suit or a skin suit or something, and you flex your muscles, and that works as the controller. So then you have to like twitch yourself into. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, I mean, that would actually probably work if you'd had some sort of sensor, like you tense a muscle and that does something. You can yeah. get a full-on workout by beating your favorite game. Coming to the PlayStation 17 tomorrow. That's a great idea. Shit, we shouldn't have done that one live. Okay, anyone who... <laughs> this is my idea. If anyone patents it before me, I will cut you. Though licensing fee, please give it to me. I will cut you. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, but I mean, other than that, I'm not sure if, if there's... Yeah, well, I'm actually going back into performing soon. Um, yeah. Like complete change of topic since this is a ramble cast. Um, it's not a change of topic in a ramble cast if you're still rambling. Huh? Yes. Um, yeah, and that's going to be interesting. Um, One last blaze of glory. Tour and all that crap. That is going to be a. a Where thing. is your tour going? Is it just around Sweden or is it. Yeah, for that, for knitting piece, it's, it's mainly in Sweden. Uh, we have a couple of shows in Portugal. And then perhaps in Prague in um, in August, but like that's that's kind of TBA still. Cool. But um, yeah, so far there's there's a reasonable amount of shows, and uh, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if this rusty shank can still do it. I did the. I think I we should my... have a handstand factory fan club meetup in Prague. Are there a lot of people there? I don't know. We can all fly in and just go see your show and. You know, yeah, that would be cool. I mean, Pro- Prague is pretty cool. Well, wait, you'll have to see the Letni Letna, and that's like it's a nice festival, but it's in a tent setting. And I'm not sure if wait, like, I, I guess we're not really I've going been... to see your show. We're like, we are going to see your show, but like, let's face it, Prague's good fun. Drunk, yeah. going to get absolutely smashed. That's what you're going there for. Yeah, sixteen cents a beer or something like that. Yep. Um. Yeah, but it's actually it is not a nice festival. But uh, and yeah, this show is actually it, it works well in that tent because the most of the, like basically re- knitting pieces like it's a full ass rig they they transport so all of the kind of the lights and stuff are mainly rigged inside of the rig of the show. Nice. Um, 
Um, like I think my first like real real show run with that show in 2013 was an uh, on that festival. Um, so it's gonna be fun too. How long ago has it been me. since you've done this uh, show? The show. Uh, I think the last show was in Philadelphia in 2016 in April, uh, if I don't remember wrong, uh, because we were supposed to do a US tour with it, and then the entire tour just fell apart because one festival went bankrupt or didn't get its funding or something something. Yeah. So we just, but this this one festival in in Philadelphia, they didn't want to cancel, so they just flew us in to do two shows, and then we fucked off back to to Europe. Um, so what was festival like, was in Philadelphia? Was it Moisture Fest or something? I'm not sure because we were at this like big kind of arts convention center, um, where they had like a large stage and stuff. Uh, it, it it seemed more kind of like a concert hall style place than, um, uh, and I and I'm not actually sure if they had much other stuff in kind of performing arts going on at yeah. the same time. They might actually not have had. Um, I just remember eating burritos every fucking day. Like every day I ate the same burrito because it was amazing. I think, yeah, I think literally we were there for nine days. I ate the same fucking burrito once or maybe twice a day some days. <laughs> Didn't go to any other restaurant. I put the same things in the burrito. <laughs> I only eat that. Fair enough. Was it like a proper Mexican Creative. place? Yeah, I don't remember. I just remember it was insanely good. Um it was not like what's that garbage in? Oh, it's not great. It's not garbage, but that shit you have in Ireland. It's garbage. Call it what it is. Boojum. Boojum. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, but that that like I mean, boojum isn't bad, but it, it feel you feel degenerate when you go to boojum a little bit. Yeah, boojum is just like if people don't know in Ireland, like we have trends in this country because it's a small country. If a business does well, people rip off your business and immediately like try to basically out business you. So breed like it used to be sandwich bars and delis, but then burrito places became the in thing. So every sandwich bar or deli became like, yeah, a burrito bar, and then Boojum became like the king of the burrito thing by just outspending everyone. I assume, but like mm. it's kind of like you're trading quality for quantity in Boojum. Like the burritos clock in. I think they clock in on the website at about two thousand calories for the base kind of one. So yeah, you're basically they're like, chunky. Yeah, so it's like you're. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but like Irish, like Irish cuisine. By the way, do you have anything except that breakfast of yours? That's uh, like we have stew. Like this is the kind of thing. Our our cuisine was like potatoes, but then someone robbed them from us. Not looking at the English. So generally, it's kind of like, yeah, the history of Irish cuisine is not a strong point. No, it's a bit like Norwegian cuisine. We don't have one. We have some fish. Yeah, it's kind of like... We don't have any sauce or anything like that. We just have some fish. Yeah, it's kind of like we have stews. We be the most traditional kind of thing you get that's tasty. And then there is kind of like smaller stuff. Like, this is the thing. Irish food, stew, meat, potatoes, and cabbage. That's basically your bait. Your basics. Mm. You can't bait a bit of meat. And then... Then you have you then you then have sausage and all that yeah, for breakfast. Basically. And that's kind of it. Yeah. Porridge, yeah. But, like, you know, the food, like, this is the kind of thing. Someone made, like, I know a chef who kind of pointed out that Irish and English cuisine, this is, he, you know, let's write this up. He is speaking about us. Is, he's saying is like, is generally very simpler compared to the continent because the quality and the ingredients we grow is so much better that there was no need to develop sauces and stuff like that to hide the shit taste. 
<laughs> now, whether I believe him or not, he is a chef and he is like interested in all this history of cuisine and stuff, so maybe, maybe not. But it is kind of interesting, just like, oh, when you're like eating meat that was half gone off in the continent, you needed a good sauce to hide it, and that kind of <laughs> initiated their kind of trend. Is it true? Is it not? I don't know, but you know, I'll take it as a gold star for Irish ingredients. Yeah, I don't think we even have good ingredients in Norway except like the 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 fish. Fish is good, but that's because it's in the ocean, uh, yeah. or at least it used to be. Uh, my 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 mom is obsessed about like if the if the if the fish has been like what's it called? Um, basically, if it's been grown in a tank or if it's uh, like freshwater or like proper uh, yeah. ocean or freshwater fish, which makes sense. I mean, it is better, but. She keeps going on these long rants about like how you can see it and what's with it when it's like that and like this and like like when when I was home like last summer like it felt like half of our conversations was 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 about was about that type of fish, and yeah. she's like, oh yeah, but you see this this white stuff is coming out on the side and that means that it's like this is like I mom all right now I don't care just, just give me fish. the fish, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah I don't know fish it's always one of these things it's always fishy I'm not a big fish man myself I have to say. I, I can I can really have some have myself a piece. As of you fish. probably noticed, like I don't think I've ever cooked fish once. Any time you've been with us, no, that's true. That's definitely true. But Emmett, so what have you found on the interwebs the last week? Have you found any garbage? Have you found uh, any daily daily dose of darkness? Which daily is like, dose of darkness. Hold on, which, I have which, actually. Which is, which is, it, it 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 can't be so dark that it that. It, yeah, that's uh, the problem. Hold on, I just need to go. Basically, and have a look at my YouTube recommendations, <laughs> just yeah, to make sure. Just to make sure have? it's PC. Uh, so let's see if I have any notables from from mine. I have someone doing. I do know you have one that you said you wanted to bring up at the top of the thing, so we're going to pretend to segue naturally into that. Hey, Mikael, have you like come across anyone promoting some kind of weird ancestral tenants to lifestyle that you'd like to talk about? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh yes, that yes, um, yeah. What what was his name? Liver King or some shit like that. Some yeah. guy who looks like he's on the absolute sozzle, uh, who rants and raves about how that he has changed his entire lifestyle and training and everything and optimized until he lives by the, the ancestral way of ancestral man, and he looks like fucking Juji Mufu. <laughs> yeah, and he does all kinds of like assault bike training and weird shit, which is like. Well, this isn't what ancient man did uh, at all, uh, in fact. What are you talking um, about? Of course he does, like, yeah. The salt bike is, like, well-known for being, like, part of the ancestral lifestyle. Yeah, and, like, it's 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 also his, uh, like, I think that it, it, it all seems too too well-framed. Like, I, I think he even knows that people are going to call him out on the on the assault by people are going to call him out for this and people are going to call him out for that and then he just doubles down and goes super hard and like yeah i'm this bearded big buff dude who does all the things check me out i'm so much more yoked than you and like he looks like yeah he's been uh, it's basically like he's gone like paleo but like he's made his own set of ruins i'm on a site now as well it's like but I, I think he's the kind of guy that, like, he comes in with a crash and he knows that, like, he's going to be controversial. And because I'm controversial, I'm going to say a bunch of things. And then people, some are going to hate me, some are going to love me. But all PR is good PR. And then yeah. suddenly I'm this famous buff dude who runs around being a moron. Um, 
Yeah, that was frustrating. Oh, oh man, he's like, I'm just looking at his tenants. So he's done like, he's basically hit like, this is incredibly clever marketing. Let's just break down some of this actually because it's one of these things I study and do case studies on a lot. So he's basically in his nine tenants, he's hitting every kind of thing you could have problems with to sell you supplements. So this is amazing. So you got like, all right, sleep. You got to like, blah, blah, blah. A few days without sleep, blah, blah, blah. Finish. Okay. Blah. You have to sleep. You got to eat. Okay. You got to eat paleo. Blah, blah, blah. Lick of calories. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. We can agree with that. I'm not going to argue with this one. Move. You're moving wrong. Ah, first thing I do in the morning, I walk for 30 minutes. This is my cup of coffee. I walk. I walk. I walk my dog for two hours a day. Am I ancestral? Every day of the week. Hmm. Uh, shield. Okay, we've got to shield ourselves from seed oil, fluoride, excessive EMF, excessive Wi-Fi, mercury fillings, perfumes, and plastics. Yeah, I definitely don't want to get them out of your life. And then there's definitely a, definitely something he can sell you to help with that. Then we've got to of connect. Uh, constant contact with the earth has slightly negative charge or provides grounding for electrophysiology. With the advent of rubber shoes, housing cars, and elevated beds, we are no longer coming into contact with this grounding force. But fortunately, the benefits include better sleep, improved blood pressure, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, you will instantly ground yourself if you touch a door handle or something like that. Which is kind of funny, actually, because I remember, like, here's a funny aside. Let me just put these to the side so I can see you again. So, anyway, there was, like... Uh, in the meditation circles and stuff I run in and in the fringe kind of ones there was this idea that like when you build up a lot of like chi you have to ground it somehow and there's a group of people who think like chi and all this stuff is uh, it's your electrophysiology so what they came up with was because they were meditating in like upstairs rooms and stuff they weren't grounding their chi like our ancestors so what they were doing was getting a fucking cable like a thick gauge copper cable, running the cable like all the way down the side of the building into the ground, and then I kid you not, inserting the tip of the cable up their butthole because that's where your chi will accumulate and cause prostate issues if you don't like discharge your chi. Fantastic. This went along so, with the whole nofap thing as well. So you're building up like <laughs> immense amounts of masculine vitality. I didn't yeah, do this what? by the way. I'm just saying it's just these people I know, and it's pretty like I think it's pretty common the old grounding wire. You have to put the wire in contact with the prostate. Yeah, if you don't put the, if you're not grounding your prostate, then your electrophysiology, chi, whatever is uh, going. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I got inspired right now to to look back on my good internet friend, Doctor Noon Amenra. Uh, uh, <laughs> he's also one of these guys uh, that uh, basically he says that he doesn't eat. Um, so he, in in that sense, he's a breatharian. He also has some world records in deadlifts, and he looks like an absolute mutant. Um, and I was looking into this guy because he speaks like Yoda on on like like he, he sounds absolutely stupid in, in all his, his interviews using the most complicated language that you could ever imagine. In every that's because he's just smarter than you. Like you got to understand if he's using big words. Like once you start using three or more syllables in a word, you have. Increase the amount of cerberation in the room. Yeah, but listen to this. Yeah. I found his we- on his website. I I found um, all of the books that he uh, supposedly has written, and they are great because he is a 
doctor of public health and blah, 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 or master in science, etc. Like at least it says here. But then he says yeah, he is the author of Amon Ra's Age Inhibition Regimen, an organically evolving eight-volume treaty that is the most cogent, coherent, comprehensive contribution to biogerontology ever conceived. He is the author of Mind, Matter, Mathematics, and Mortality, concomitantly the most momentous, concise contributions to metaphysics and psychoneurophilosophy ever originator, or the author of the monograph, The Nutritional Neurotropic Neonthony Theory, the soundest scientific theory of human brain evolution ever advanced, author of Evolutionary Nutrition, the most momentous theoretical contribution to physical anthropology ever written. And it's all garbage. I, of course, went down the rabbit hole and checked these resources. And none of, like, it says they are published in his own publishing company, obviously. And they don't exist. <laughs> and I absolutely love it. And he's also he's also selling you some sort of shit where you're supposed to stop eating. And that's... That's like, is that next level up on, like, supplement selling? Like, we have people selling you supplements that you need for whatever reason. And then, like, obviously, they can be neutral in terms of like okay we need this because your diet is lacking or it could be like this is something we've made that will keep the aliens away from your supplement whatever but like this is next level in terms of business and ship yeah. i'm selling you nothing nothing this is like <laughs> this is high tier there's no product here i'm just literally selling you permission to oh, have an eating disorder <laughs> like i'm not even selling you god i'm just i'm just selling you nothing like, it is like, I, I mean, but I, I invented it too on Instagram when I had that fucking like fitness regime of me and my nothing size. And it works like you, you can start nothing size today. Like all you need to do is you just pay me 500 euros. <laughs> pay me and you'd get to do nothing. We will yeah, instruct right. you in the ancient arts of nothing. What can I do, Master Mikael? Can I watch Netflix? No, you can't. You must do nothing. Yeah, can I lie down on the couch? No, you're doing something. Yeah, and like it's it it's it's per, it, it's really the perfect thing because like you you can choose when you do your nothing too, as long as you paid me the five hundred euros. Yeah, uh, you can do it from home. You can do it at the gym. You can do it wherever, and it's just just nothing. Perfect. Yeah, I can't be sued either because I I, I I I give exactly what what you you purchased. Yeah, we could we just mail like. This is the kind of thing he solved the problem of logistics and stockholding by selling people like nothing. So now we need to solve it by like, yeah, deliver your package you, you, of nothing. You, you, you can you can buy these books. I found now they cost like two hundred fifty US dollars. They cost yeah they cost loads. They're probably just some ebook garbage that he has made. Uh, you can also donate on his website, obviously. Um, but yeah, basic basically all like. It's fantastic because it, it reminds me a lot of like the same thing as like the um, the free energy scams. Yeah, uh, I was I was really into those for a while. Like not not on not on kind of buying into it, but like looking at them uh, because they're like I was following three different en- free energy scams at the same time, and they were also <laughs> kind of bickering and fighting, uh, saying that oh yeah, but your machine doesn't work, uh, but my machine it really works. And then you have all these like really hopeful scrubs on YouTube that has four views on their video where they're saying, yeah, so now I've been sitting here on th- on week three and I think the the uh, the nano coating has really started to take shape and that means that like there should be an increase in voltage soon and like all you can see, it's a copper wire that has oxidized. It's a bit green. 
because it is oxidized. There is no nano coating. There's no nothing. There's no more voltage. You're just a scrub sitting there thinking and hoping that you're going to get more electricity. Wow. That's yeah. the kind of thing. Like, yeah, I remember I had a friend. Why do I always know all these weirdos? I had a friend who was trying to build a free energy device I just remembered about. Mm-hmm. Where he had actually made something or found something that was kind of interesting. It was like a magnetic spin device that would spin around and it seemed like it would just go faster and faster but it turns it wasn't it just made it look like it by a visual illusion mm. basically like kind of one of those hypnotic things with a pattern that makes it look like it's spinning faster mm. but it couldn't take a load and it was kind of disappointing him because he thought he'd cracked the secret to free energy but yeah i've had a couple of a couple of friends like being into similar stuff as well uh like and of course, a lot of these things very very often go hand in hand with pyramid schemes. And uh, it is always kind of sad when you see people like slip down that hole, either for a short time or sometimes for a longer one. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things. It's like, is there anyone who we know? I wonder if there's anyone who listens to podcasts who has a free energy device that actually works. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, if, if you have a free energy device that works, send it to us. We're definitely not going to patent it or anything. Yeah. Just going to take a look. I have a free energy device. It's called a solar panel. Ooh. It literally gives me free power. In fact, like, you know, solar panels, that are, I don't know, they probably have in other countries, but they're launching this one here. Whereas, like, if you have solar panels, you make excess electricity, you can sell it back to the grid. Mm-hmm. So, and you, so you get paid from your power company. So it's not so when you like, when you get when you get your enormous uh, monastery or you yeah. know like just make it into a solar farm. I definitely in Ireland where there's so. never any sun. Apparently, like solar works fine here. The new sort of panels, it doesn't need like direct sun; it just needs light. Oh really? Yeah, I was looking into it. Like you could, you can get an array on a normal size normal size roof in our climate here, where you could have run all your household electricity, including washing machines, everything off it. Uh, need some batteries for backup and also charge an electric car. Interesting. Not that I own an electric car. No. But <laughs> if uh, Elon Musk, when you're listening to this show, please sponsor <laughs> me with a Tesla. Handstand factory sponsored yeah. by Tesla. That'd be amazing. How else like, do we get around? But yeah, so like, it's not just free energy. It's actually energy that pays you. So it's like negative energy, I assume. Yeah, you 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 you're, you're literally just creating energy and revenue. You're creating wealth out of energy. What more do you want, wealth creators? Yeah, yeah, that's probably going to be like a new, a new like hustle culture uh, thing we'll have to deal with on the internet. Then, no, what you need to do is you have your solar like the main cost of mining Bitcoin is electricity. So you have your solar array set up to run your Bitcoin mining rig. Therefore, like everything you make from your Bitcoin is pure profit, minus the cost of the hardware. <laughs> you you have cracked the code, Emmett. I have cracked the code. Yeah, damn yeah. it. Okay, <clears throat> is we got any more scams, or should we wrap it up there? It's about an hour of like I, rambling. I think, I think I think it's a good point to wrap it up. Yeah. We've we've talked about scams. We briefly mentioned handstands, uh, bits and pieces, ups and downs of all kinds of garbage. I feel like I so, should loan up Clone Hero and do like. 
an outro track on Clone Hero <laughs> instead yeah, of a normal outro track. Like the, the fucking like the fucking guitar. This is what I find good with like Guitar Hero. You have an entire generation of like very, very, very coordinated motherfuckers who probably could play a guitar pretty damn fucking well if they spent the hours playing guitar. Instead, they go piece of shit. <laughs> what you need and the best a... thing is like you have a song playing in the background and you ruin the entire song with the blasting thing yeah it's just like I think it would just like karaoke for rock it's just like that's what it is it's like karaoke you have the song playing in the background generations of pop star best tracks ever written what do you have some drunk dude up there wailing on it who can't like carry a tune so it's the exact same it's the exact same yeah yeah, so if you get a plastic in, in, guitar. In, the, in that sense, I have to, I have to agree. Yeah. A friend of mine won the World Air Guitar Championships. Oh shit! Yeah, Did he? I've like, heard about the air guitar. The funny thing is, like, they're having the regional final. This is probably about twenty years ago. Here, they're having the regional finals in some bar, and there was like people who were like properly into it prepared and like they were just out there like drinking and they came across this and went in and paid the money and then he decided just you know fuck it I'm just going to go up and uh, try out no preparation no practice no routine won and he destroyed it he destroyed it and then he he got like he won a sponsorship to go over like got flown out to I can't remember the state somewhere and take part in the finals and won the finals with no (laughs) preparation either (laughs) He was he was just a natural god of yeah. the air guitar. Natural god. He just had the passion. Yeah. Uh, Couldn't even play guitar. That's how good he was. Yeah, that's 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 a serious guy. Yeah. So if you think I'm bad at my plastic guitar, there's people out there with no guitar. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is a great place to end the yeah. end the episode. There okay. are people out there with no fucking guitar, guys. Yeah. Save up and buy them one. Uh, with that, I've been Emmett, and we're here with Mikael. We are the Handstand Cast. We'll be back yeah, next week with something actually about handstands. Other than yes. that, thanks for listening. Catching. The Handstand Cast was brought to you by Handstand Factory and is produced by Motion Impulse. Thanks for tuning in. You can find a full transcript of each episode, along with the show notes and any relevant references on handstandfactory.com/podcast. Thanks to Isaac for editing and Jordan for transcriptions. Music by Daniel Horwath. If you want to support the show, you can buy us a coffee on buymeacoffee.com or consider starting one of our Handstand Factory online programs. Links are in the show notes.